Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, things, sports kind of back time, baseball back for now time. Optimism and pessimism, this is a, a wild swinging pendulum time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Govals 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday, oh, let's call it evening. It's right there on that borderline between late, late afternoon and early, early evening as we're recording this. So we'll probably, it'll definitely be finished at evening time. We're going to release it on Monday evening. So I guess it's a Monday evening if you're listening to this fresh. I guess it could be Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, never know. Although I would recommend this time of year, especially with topics like this, to, to listen to them as quickly as possible because things change so ridiculously quickly. More on that here in a minute. Not just me on this episode. We got from the Blunt County Satellite Office of Govals 24-7 down there in Maryville. We've got the one, the only Grant Ramey. Grant, what's up, buddy? Not only listen to the pods quickly, but uh, rate and review the pods quickly. That's a good point, five yes. Star, Five-star hearts, five-star ratings. That's, that's true. And we need to figure out something about the uh, some sort of giveaway for people who give like the best reviews because i think in a way that's kind of um it's definitely self-serving my i don't know where that goes on the ethical scale to be like hey you give us the best five-star rating and then review we will we'll find something and and design it and send it to you we might have to do that what you can come babysit my kids for a few hours five-star hearts five-star reviews didn't we say one t-shirt idea was going to be three-star hearts yes for sure that 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 could work. There's the, right, there's right right in the meaty part of the curve. Yeah, right I there. What show that's from? But right in the meaty part of the curve. I think that's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> I think that is actually too. I don't know that for sure, but I think that I uh, got a couple things that we're going to get to. I guess first off, we're going to spend most of this podcast again discussing. I don't think it's going to be the the longest podcast we've released, but just some quick updates on the the COVID stuff and where things are there, some some things with Major League Baseball that are making you go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen with college football. Also, some things in East Lansing, Michigan, thanks to our good friend Mike Wilson, Michigan State native. We'll go ahead and blame him for that. So we got some stuff to discuss there. Going to kick that to the curb just for a second, talk a couple of uh, news and notes items. First off, a couple 
I guess uh, a trio of uh, bad news reports for some former Tennessee football players. It looks like the Seahawks have cut uh, Khalil McKenzie, Dominic Wood Anderson also. So those guys uh, have not survived the latest round of cuts. And then Nigel Warrior, who is still an active member of the Baltimore Ravens, despite despite not being drafted, he is uh, now in the uh, – what's the exact deal there? Grant, I know that he's – I think you wrote the story, right? There, It's something with the COVID test or he hadn't felt well. Something's going on there. It's basically uh, an additional um, – it used to be called the injured list. I think it's the reserve list. I don't know. I don't know what the technical name is. Reserve slash COVID-19 list is what it was listed as on Sunday's uh, NFL transactions wire. And it's basically – it doesn't confirm that – there were six players on it, including Nigel. It doesn't confirm that those players have COVID-19. Uh, it confirms that they've quarantined or they might've been around somebody that had it uh, or they had it themselves or something like that. So uh, it's really, it doesn't sound obviously like a huge deal. It's just kind of a extra layer, extra, you know, precaution, extra change that, that's going into this season as, as the NFL tries to deal with this, just like everybody else as their camps are quickly approaching and they're trying to, kind of proceed uh, business as close to normal as possible uh, this time of year. Yeah, I mean, that that's it's one of those deals where, you know, you, you kind of – and, again, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but you, you kind of have to be, you know, safe rather than sorry on a lot of this stuff. I mean, I know that it's it's incredibly frustrating and, you know, it just feels like we're starting to get some of this stuff back and then you start seeing all these things going, oh, no, is this going to happen or – you know, you get you get good news like, hey, I, th- I don't think there were any uh, bouts after they had what twenty thousand or thirty thousand or so people at the NASCAR race in Bristol. There were no, right. there wasn't a huge breakout after that, which was right. which was great news, not just good news, great news. Uh, and, and but then you, you've got other deals where you go, I don't know about that. We'll we'll talk more about COVID here in a minute. But that's obviously some some tough news for for the guys that got cut and, and on a, probably on a, on a more temporary basis, some, some tough news there for Nigel warrior who is fighting very much to make that roster because you're a guy. I like that fit. Not Nigel and the Baltimore Ravens. I do too. The, the football personalities really seem to uh, mesh and are on the same level there. And, and if there's a, you know, I don't want to say there's a positive to any of this, but if you look at major league baseball and the, you know, 60 man rosters, whatever they have active rosters, the additional personnel that you have to have to deal with this, people like uh, Nigel Warrior, people like Khalil McKenzie, Dom Woods Anderson, uh, the guys you just mentioned that got cut in Seattle, you could have chances for some of these guys that might not have chances in a normal uh, business-as-usual kind of season where you have a 53-man active roster uh, and practice squads and all that stuff. There might be some additional opportunities. And, I mean, if you look at uh, A.J. Johnson at the Broncos, you look at, you know, Justin Coleman in Detroit, I mean uh, – all you have to get is a chance. And if you can find a fit and find a place that works for you, maybe that happens for somebody that, you know, wasn't drafted like a Nigel warrior uh, or any of these other guys that, that are trying to kind of make that dream come true at the next level. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, Ozzie Newsom is no longer the, the general manager up there at Baltimore, but, but he's, he had that job for years and, and very few organizations, I think did a better job of, of kind of drafting guys and developing guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball than the Ravens. I mean, they've made themselves they, – they've been competitive seemingly, you know, every year. Uh, the, not every year. No one does that. But they've been pretty good more often than not. And I know that DaCosta is a guy who kind of came through that tree. He kind of worked for Ozzie Newsom for years. And, you know, they just – that's a good organization. Uh, you know, I, 
they seem to do things in a way that that they in a league that's just built so much on parity, they find themselves a way to be successful seemingly all the time. Right. And I mean, if they want to, that's, that's a compliment to you and your, your, your game uh, because of what you just talked about and, and Pruitt, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt said it leading up to the the draft, how highly he thought of uh, Nigel warrior and what he thinks he can do at the next level. Uh, and just kind of, you just have to find that chance. And if, if the Ravens want to take a chance on you, that's, that says something about your game. And, and he's really turned it around the last couple of years and started playing some really good ball. Hopefully that continues. Hopefully he gets his shot. Got a couple other things to get to before we step away for a break. I, what I think is is some some uh, some interesting news. I don't I really don't think it's it's surprising necessarily, but it's 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 good to see nonetheless. Uh, right now with the NBA draft, you know the 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 combines and pro days and all, all that stuff's kind of been thrown for a loop with the, with all with everything with with COVID. Uh, but Eve Pons is a guy who who Grant made a list. Uh, I don't know if it was Sunday or Monday, but uh, he at least has made this round of cuts for something pretty neat. Yeah, it's the the NBA puts out a list of 105 players. I think they put it out maybe Friday, or the name started to trickle out then. And it's the the 105 is voted on by personnel across the league. Uh, and Eve Pons made that 105 uh, 105 name list based on those are those are players that i mean it's 105 players uh it's based on nba personnel uh who they want to see at the combine who they're interested to see uh, at the combine and that making that list i don't think guarantees an nba combine invite uh but i think it, it guarantees that there's a lot of interest there uh and you could potentially make it there i believe the list is eventually cut down in a second round of voting to 70 names uh so you have to make that second round from 105 to 70 uh, but just kind of a sign of the offseason is, I mean, the, the sign, I guess, of the last four months and how crazy everything is, is they really don't even know if the NBA combine is going to happen at this point, what date it's going to be, how that date going to mesh up with the uh, NCAA withdrawal date, all that stuff. So uh, it could mean good news for Eve, and, and if he wants to get to the combine, that's the first step he has to take. And, and if he makes it to that 70 or if we hear before then that he has a combine invite because those are starting to kind of filter out one by one. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of guys in the league who, you, you know, you see that the players, or at least I guess 22 of the 30 teams are down there in the bubble. They're getting ready to, to tip off here in just a few days, I guess by the end of this week, uh, I think, right? Or is it, it's by Friday or something, isn't it, where they'll be yes. where they'll get everything going and you take – I guess every team had 35 guys or so they could take down there with the organization – there's obviously a lot more than 35 people who work in an NBA organization. And I've got, uh, you know, friends or people I've developed relationships with, with over the years who work for a few different NBA teams. And, and I think two of the three of them have, have been furloughed at some point in the past, uh, you know, couple of months because they're just, they're having to, they got to pay bills too. I mean, you think about it, you know, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of people out there who have, who have lost their jobs and it's just been an awful situation economically. And, and there are people trying to figure out how can I pay bills at the end of the month? Well, you've got professional franchises that, that have to pay bills also. And they got, they got payrolls, they've got, you know, contracts, they've got other things they've got to take care of. And, and so basically a lot of the scouting apparatus has not been, it's not been eliminated by any stretch of the imagination, but they've, there've been a lot of dents put into it by different guys who have had to, you know, miss a few weeks there, miss a few weeks there. Obviously you can't go travel to work out in person. So you're doing zoom calls. It's a lot different for people in that league. Uh, but I, I hope that, 
you know, they get they get playing down there in the bubble. They get a little bit of cash flow coming back in, and and they can we can get this thing figured out. You know, there's there's we're all waiting on that vaccine, uh, you know, or or just the numbers to go down uh, a little bit because they've been going the wrong direction lately. But it's good to see because Eve Pons, I don't know if he's a guy who would get get picked or not. I still think there's people that who fall on different sides of that argument. But he's if you're going to make a list of 105 or, in my opinion, even 70 guys, I think he would probably earn a spot on that list because his athleticism is just so rare, even in that league, which I think for my money, NBA athletes, in my opinion, the best athletes in the world, uh, because when you see them in person, there's football guys, they're great athletes. Uh, there's actually some baseball guys like Trout, fantastic athletes, hockey players. What they can do with their hand-eye coordination is just unbelievable uh, in their endurance and physical toughness. But NBA players, to be at the size they are and to move the way they move, they're the most impressive athletes uh, probably that I've seen in, in general. So, But even in that league, Pons is a guy who athletically could make you go whoa. Yeah, I think his game, the strengths that he's kind of selling to NBA personnel, uh, his scouting report is something that you need to see in person. Uh, I think it's one thing to watch some elite athletes on film, maybe some offensive guys that you know put up a ton of a ton of points and and just do everything that pops on film. I think you want to see that athleticism in person. I think we've talked about this maybe on the last couple of, or the last podcast we did about how you it's so totally different to see this kid in person than it is watch him on film or yes. talk to him on a zoom conference. And yeah, I mean the stuff you were talking about, yeah, it's a, it's a hundred percent, a different sports world we're living in until further notice. And um, I mean, you hope Eve gets a fair shake at it. You hope Eve gets the you know right amount of attention in the scouting leading up to this draft that he would get in a regular off season. And I think the different sports world we're living in right now makes it harder to predict what he's going to do because what, is you know what's college basketball season look like there's no there's nothing in concrete for what eve could be coming back to or what any of these guys that might be coming back to school what they're walking into based on scheduling based on how it's going to play out what's what's the college sports landscape going to look like uh, once students get back on campus this fall so Whatever Eve does, hopefully he gets a fair shake at it one way or the other like he would in any other offseason. Before we go to break, Grant, I'll say this too. I, I think that especially Eve being a guy who's from Europe, uh, you, you look at the numbers in some other countries, and I know some other countries, the U.S. isn't the only one with numbers spiking. You read the numbers and you see them everywhere. Uh, but if he definitely wants to go play basketball somewhere, it would not be the craziest argument I've ever heard that there might be some countries in Europe where they would be playing professional basketball in front of crowds so they could easily pay salaries. That might happen over there before it happens here. It, it might. So there's a lot of different options at play here. And if you're a guy like Eve Ponson, we've said this before, he it's not that he does not like being in the United States of America. He, he likes being here. He likes his teammates a lot. Uh, he gets along with his coaches. He, it's not that he is unhappy here. It's just that he's a guy who's a little bit different personally. You know, he, he, he got married after his freshman year in college. I know they tried to keep that kind of quiet for a little bit, but, but now it's out there and he discusses it also. So this is a guy who's, who's starting a family basically. I mean, he, he, he's on a different level emotionally, I think than a lot of college kids are. So he's a guy who, if he can take the next step in his journey, I think that would be his preference. And it's not that he's not happy where he is. It's just that, 
he wants to make sure he couldn't go ahead and do something else because I think that's what he would prefer to do. Right. And that's the smart thing to do. I think that's the thing he'd be encouraged to do is, is go down every avenue you can go down, figure out what's, what's there, what's the feedback and, and, and go from there and make the best decision for you. Cause you don't really get a lot of, obviously these opportunities to make these decisions. There could be uh, a lot of life changing stuff going on, money uh, decisions coming back to play, what happens in college if you come back to play all that stuff how, how much could you improve your stock between now and then what's available to you in europe like you said how is that different than what's going on here uh, there's a lot of different stuff to weigh out and i don't blame him for taking every second he can take to figure this thing out yeah i keep wondering if some nba, if some NBA teams might you know do like the old coup coach thing where they draft some guys and then just send them overseas for a couple right. years you know for a year or so almost like you would on loan for a soccer Stash club him. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the Spurs did that for years with a lot of people. I mean, that's that's something that, that, that Bulls did with the Ku coach. I mean, that's something that happens. So uh, maybe he also just saw John Fulkerson's quarantine beard and just thought, I, I can't do this, man. This that's is true. intimidating. Pretty intimidating. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't want, I wouldn't want to go up against that in the post every day. <laughs> Guys, we're going to take a quick break, step away, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, all those other fun things. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about – COVID-19. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you heard just a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio and from Govals 24-7's Blunt County Satellite Office down there. Maryville coming to you uh, in a Zoom call courtesy of Al Gore's Internet. And before we talk about a little more COVID-19, I do want to mention this again. We mentioned it at the beginning of the first segment. We're going to mention it again and again because it's the one thing that we are asking for. And I tap my pen on the table to emphasize that. Please go in and rate interview this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on uh, Spotify, which has got a growing kind of podcast empire, whether it's on you know Google Play, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. I said Stretcher like that's a thing, although it sounds like <laughs> that's, that's, that also sounds like it could be a podcasting company. You, you, know. you, you could sell me on it. Yeah, you know, we're Stretcher. We stretch podcasts. That's what we do. Uh, so please go in and rate and review this. We would love a five-star review. Uh, but if you think we deserve less than that, hey, that's your opinion. You can do that. Please go in there, rate and review it. Don't just don't just click on, on the rating. Go in there and write a few sentences. Please go in there and write a review. If we see something in there that we really like, I'm telling you, we're going to find a way, whether it's like I make a three-star heart T-shirt or just a good old-fashioned uh, good friend of the pod 
you know, T-shirt, mug, something, beer koozie. We're going to find something to do uh, because we we are happy to do this podcast for free. We are more than happy to do that. Uh, it's, it's a good way to get stuff to people who, you know, they want information. Maybe they don't want to pay for other stuff. We'd, we'd like you to pay for it, but if you just want to get this podcast, whatever, that's fine. We're happy to do it for free, but please go in there and rate and review it. That's the only thing that we are asking for. Grant, back to the subject at hand, which uh, for in time, I guess in perpetuity, is going to be COVID-19, <laughs> coronavirus. There was some some news Monday, and it, it wasn't college football news. There, there was some college football news last week. Uh, with Michigan State going in there and putting its entire team in quarantine because there were three positive tests. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was two staffers and one player who tested positive for Michigan State. And I guess they looked at the contract, the contact tracing, and, and they looked at the situation and went, we're going to have to quarantine everybody here. I don't know exactly how their workouts are structured there. That seems a little extreme to me. And I'm someone who's been on the very cautious end of this entire thing. Uh, I, I've been someone who, from the beginning, has has not been one of these, open it up, do whatever you want. I'm on the complete opposite end of that. I think you need to be careful with this stuff. Even me sitting here, though, Grant, I'm saying, is that excessive? It It seems excessive. I mean, it makes you wonder if the two staffers, I don't know if identities were ever reported or we figured out who these staffers were but it makes you wonder if they're on the strength staff because yeah uh that's the two that's that would be two people that would have more access to players this time of year um spending more time with players in an area where obviously it's hard to social distance and you're all using similar equipment and you know it's it's hard to keep that area clean without you know, deep cleaning in between every rep, set, yeah. whatever, every time everybody touches anything. Not just like the gym Maybe. where you have the little towel that you wipe with. <laughs> right. This is a, like we mentioned, it's a different world. But, I mean, yeah, it does seem kind of extreme. But right now we're kind of living in a time of extremes. And you got to figure out uh, a way to deal with this. I mean, Tennessee's had positives. Basketball had two of them. The players went into quarantine. They cleared, got the negative tests, and got back in workouts. And uh, I don't think they ever really changed their schedule outside of those two players sitting out for a couple of weeks, uh, Tennessee athletics, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now reported uh, multiple mm-hmm. positives after the testing, the round of testing coming back from the July 4th weekend, uh, which players athletes left campus and, and came back after the three day weekend. I, I don't remember ever hearing any real changes to workouts. Then nothing Neither drastic. I. I, I believe Rutgers did the same thing. I can't remember if you mentioned that along with Michigan state, I think they were in the same boat. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's 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 a time of extremes, and you got to figure out a way to deal with it. I think everybody's trying to try different methods and, and figure it all out because the clock's ticking, and you got to figure it out. Uh, it's it's we're sitting here, you know, a few days from August first, and it's time to go. It's it's time to get ready for football. Football's going to happen, and, and you got to start answering some of these questions. And to this point, Tennessee has not done uh, has not changed the schedule. Uh, there's been no change in that way. Uh, we've seen videos and pictures of their workouts to their credit. They're wearing masks. They're in there. I mean, you know, I hate wearing the thing to the grocery store, but we, it's the right thing to do. I can't imagine, you know, imagine where you are wearing these things like outside when it's hot and we're going like to, to the hardware store or the grocery store. And you're just going, ugh, I hate this stuff. They're having to work out in it, which I, I cannot even begin to imagine how 
you know, restrictive that that's got to feel and how different that's got to feel. But if you're going to play ball, you're going to have to stay in shape. And if you're going to stay in shape, you got to work out. And if you're going to work out, unless you have one person in the gym at a time going on a 24 hour cycle with this guy gets 20 minutes, that guy gets 20 minutes, that becomes a nightmare. So you kind of have to do it this way. And here's, here's what is concerning me. And I think it's concerning a lot of us is I don't want to call this the worst case scenario because it obviously could be worse. But you look at a situation like with the uh, the Miami Marlins right now, and we're recording this on Monday evening. I believe Monday morning may have been when it came out. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it could have been Sunday night. Sure. I think it was Monday morning that 14 uh, people in the Miami Marlins organization uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So that means that there were not just one but two games that had to be canceled today on Monday. I'm saying today is Monday uh, because the Marlins, it wasn't just then they were playing an opponent. So that opponent uh, cannot play the next day either. And I don't know how they're going to work all that out, but, but that's my concern because when you see what, for instance, Michigan state did, right. When they put everybody in quarantine after a test, they had uh, three, they had three and they made that decision. The Marlins had 14 people and what concerns me a lot, and I think you saw Donna Shalala, who used to be the president of Miami and Wisconsin, she's had a couple of, of quotes about this that you might not like, but they're hard to disagree with. If this is going to be the policy, how in the world are you going to have a season this fall? And I don't mean, I'm not discussing whether it should or shouldn't happen. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not going to make that decision. That's out of my pay grade, out of my intellectual grade. What I'm saying is, if this is how you're going to play it, what are you going to do when an offensive lineman gets it? Because an offensive lineman, at that point, you start doing contact tracing. And unless you do completely contact-free practices, which are pretty impossible for most positions, especially on the line of scrimmage, you've got an offensive lineman who will have shared a meeting room with whatever, 15, 16, 17, 18 other guys. Then you've got the guys that he might go against on the defensive line, right? So then you've got those guys who have to go in quarantine, plus the guys who lined up next to that defensive lineman, the guys who did drills with that defensive lineman. So ipso facto, your entire line of scrimmage most likely would have to go into quarantine if one player on either side of the line of scrimmage got tested, tested positive. So... What do you do at that point? Do you, you cancel that week's game? You put everyone in quarantine? I mean, I know that they're working through these things, and I know that they are trying to find a contingency plan here that doesn't require playing ball in the spring. But I, for the life of me, Grant, if this is going to be the policy, I'm, I'm just trying to put two and two together here, and it's hard to come up with anything other than four. Yes, my weekend, I watched a lot of baseball over the weekend Me and it was too. like man sports are back it's kind of nice it's, yes. it's weird in empty stadiums and it looks weird when you have to put a mask on to argue between an umpire and a manager and yeah. Rizzo's handing out his hand sanitizer at first base and you know Ronald Acuna's in right field wearing a mask for some reason even though he's 200 feet away from everybody <laughs> else but I mean when I saw the Marlins stuff Monday morning after watching baseball all weekend it was pretty depressing because baseball's the kind of distant sport you're not mm-hmm. rubbing up against everybody on the field i mean a fraction 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 of the amount of of 
touching there is in football and, and the contact in that sport. And obviously you can't bubble college football. So right. you have to start, you should have started a long time ago, figuring out the timing of this season. And I think this goes back to axing the non-conference schedule, maybe doing the, the, the nine plus one um, schedule that people have been talking about nine conference games, add the ninth conference game and keep one non-conference game. Obviously that would be protecting stuff like Tennessee and Oklahoma, but I don't need to see Tennessee Furman in September. No offense, Furman. I don't need to see Tennessee and Charlotte. I don't need to see Tennessee and uh, who is it? Troy in November. Yeah, um, I think. You got to figure out how you're going to deal with this stuff as it happens, because that's what major league baseball has been spending all day. They had a 105 page manual protocol, whatever. And the Marlins figured out if they wanted to play on Sunday based on a group text message. I mean, that's, you can't kind of, wing it like that you have to have protocol in place and i think that's bodes well for conference only schedules because you can put your protocol in as a conference but you you have to figure out a way to delay in some ways without completely pushing things to the spring because if you're trey smith you don't play football in the spring you go get ready for the draft correct and college football needs trey smiths because that's your currency that's the product you're putting on the field that's what people want to watch you got to figure out a way. Can you build in bye weeks? Can you build in? Can you buy yourself time? Is it going to be okay if Tennessee plays ten games and Alabama only plays eight because if they had a COVID breakout or you know fill in the blank team only plays a number? Do you go on win percentage? How does this? How does this happen? I don't know. The, the questions keep adding up. But but after watching baseball weekend and feeling like sports were back and it was it was it was kind of nice for a minute and then to wake up and have fourteen Marlins testing positive a day after they just played the Phillies. And that cancels the Yankees going to Philly and that cancels Baltimore going to Miami and uh, Baltimore's already flew back home. They're canceling tomorrow's game as well. I mean, that's the stuff you got to figure out. How can you work in off weeks by Saturdays, whatever, how far can you push everything back without pushing it too far to hamper these guys that want to go to the league next year and, and live out that dream. And man, when, when these suits from the sec and all these schools meet later this week, um, they got a lot of stuff to figure out. Dare I say that the uh, the Marlins and the Orioles not playing would kind of be like the eight NBA teams who are not in the bubble uh, because the Orioles are some special kind of awful. But right, I mean that's what people were tweeting about today is just scrap these games because and it, it's going to be okay if the Orioles play fifty three games and the Yankees play sixty games and just go on win percentage. I think uh, I can't remember if it's Buster only from ESPN. Somebody said. After the strike in 1981, Major League Baseball just went to straight win percentage. Is that something that college football could do in a conference setting um, and still produce a fair division champion or a conference-wide champion and still send the right team to the right places should we get to bowl season and there are bowls and all that stuff? I think those are the questions that have come from this. Maybe you can learn something from how Major League Baseball handles it, as crazy as it sounds to say that. Yeah, I'll say this too. I I think that if you're looking at, let's say, if you, what I've seen to this point has led me to believe that no matter who, no matter how this goes, if right now, if the NCAA needs to pass this yesterday, if the if no if someone decides they want to opt out of this season, they ought to be given a free 100% pass. They ought to be given an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not going to play this year. 
It's not even going to count as a red shirt. It's just like it didn't happen. It's just like there was no year. And that's how my eligibility clock w- will be counted. And you, you might say, you know, well, some people are going to use that to red shirt guys and do other things. Okay, whatever. That, that's just part of it. This is not going to be perfect. I think if anyone wants to opt out of this year, they ought to be given a 100% free pass in doing so, and there should be no debate about that. I see no downside to that. That is absolutely something that should happen. Now, then you, you, you get the discussions of how does that count against the 85 going forward? Okay, maybe maybe you have something to, to look at there if a team decides we're just not going to have anybody this year. Okay. We'll look at that later. But if someone doesn't want to play this year because they're not comfortable with it, they should not be punished for that. That that's that's a given in my opinion. That's like the most common sense rule possible. After that, you get to the question of how will you do this? How will you logistically make this happen? And the more I think about it, the more I think nine plus one is the very best case scenario. Because, and I mean, absolutely no offense. Furman's a you know a private school. There, I'm sure they've got a good endowment. They can probably handle some things if they want to. But within Division One, whether it's FBS, FCS, there are haves and there are have-nots. There are programs who will struggle so hard financially to to provide the same level of security that you have at a place like Tennessee, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida, you know. USC, whatever, UCLA, those guys, even some of them, when they go, they'd have to grunt to do it, but they could, they could create an environment where guys are sort of the next best thing to a bubble and they can maybe, they can do some things. Some of these other schools, it's going to be really hard to do that. So why would you go play, if you were in one conference, why would you go play someone from a conference that didn't have a lot of money? and wasn't able to provide, you know, a pretty decent level of security. That's where you lose me because, you know, you're you're talking to Charlotte, your Troy's, all these, how, how do you know they're going to be able to afford to provide the same services and provide the same, you know, in terms of cleaning staff and in terms of, you know, just the things that you need logistically to keep this stuff safe? Because Tennessee, some of these other programs, that's kind of like a professional franchise. They can make that work. I don't know how the others make that work. I mean, maybe there's a way they just have to work harder, but that's where you lose me is how can you go play those games knowing that if one domino falls here, then you start taking, well, these guys played these guys, and then those guys played that guy. And even if you've only got one game a week, that's still a problem. Yeah, I think and it the, the part that sucks about saying – I don't want to see Tennessee and Furman or Troy. I mean, that's going to crush those athletic departments. They need the money. When SEC teams, when SEC teams are projecting tens of millions in losses because they're going to be at best playing football in front of empty or nearly empty stadiums uh, this fall or winter, whenever it happens, um, the projections for smaller conference schools have to be worrying about just keeping the doors open, the lights on. Um, I think if I'm a group of, you know, if I'm outside the power five conferences, I'm trying to push to the spring and play my football then because uh, chances are you don't have a ton of NFL talent on your roster to begin with. Uh, I think your talent uh, and your players are more open to doing whatever they can just to survive, you know, and have a college football season in some form 
uh, and just have conference seasons in the spring for those and, and go from there. And I don't know, maybe that would draw some interest, a little bit of a, a lifeline for them. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if when you're projecting all these millions of losses at SEC schools, does that uh, factor in the, the amount you're going to be spending on testing and how frequently you're going to have to test uh, to know who's positive, who's asymptomatic, who's, you know, doing all the contact tracing. And I mean, that's going to be a factor of life or uh, a fact of life is, is testing so much and knowing who's available, not available. Uh, can you get that kind of commitment from these other conferences? If you do keep that one non-conference game from a team like Oklahoma, I assume they're going to put in the same effort and, you know, money and everything else into testing that an SEC team would. Uh, but you got to figure out those questions and you got to get them answered now. Uh, and I think, I think the nine plus one is the way to go until further notice. And, and if you can't make that happen, just play conference games and go from there. Uh, but with these group of five teams and smaller schools like that, I don't, I don't know how they kind of go through this survivalist mindset right now. Yeah. And I want to be very clear about this before we step out of here. I, I'm not, I'm not getting into the debate on whether or not they should play. I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with my knowledge of, let's say, science in general. I, I, I'm not, I'm not making that decision on whether or not they should play, and, and I'm, I, that's not my decision to make. I don't know why I would come out and say anything one way or the other because they have access to more numbers and more people who understand them than I ever could. I, I'm not, I'm not saying play or don't play. What I'm saying is. Or what I'm asking, I should say, is if you're going to play, when you look at the things that are going on now and you project what could happen, how in the world do you put that together? That's what I'm saying. Because, you know, for instance, like when when Tennessee had uh, released, what was it? They said just a multiple, uh, several players in multiple sports. It's not crucial that we know that information. What's crucial is that the SEC and NCAA are given that information, and I'm sure they probably were. But did they do that because they wanted to avoid uh, people talking about things like at Michigan State right now? And, you know, that that's what happens if that happens during the season? How do you handle that? How do you handle, you know, injury reports? How, how do you, how do you, if it's the day before, and a team's flying down or whatever to play you, and you find out that morning that your entire offensive line is quarantined, you can't play the game. Like, at what level do you get to a point where you go, okay, I got to tap out, I can't play this game. How do you handle that? And and do you build a couple of weeks later in the season for makeup games? Just because there's going to be some, I can tell you right now, you look at this, and and if if people like the Miami Marlins, who are, you know, at least nominally, a professional organization. In um, theory, in theory, they do have two World Series rings. But I mean, in theory, they're 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 a, they're a professional organization where they can, you know, the, and they're keeping guys in the clubhouse fewer hours. They're they're doing their part. Um, but that thing's raging all over South Florida right now, and fourteen of their players have it. So, if that's going to happen there, I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen with some college football teams, and it's going to happen, and it's going to throw a wrench into the season. So I'm not saying play or don't play. I'm saying you better have a darn good set of contingency plans if you're going if you're going to try to do this because it's not going to be perfect. We all know that. I mean, perfect went out the door months ago, but it's just is this feasible now? And maybe it is, maybe it's not. But man, it gets confusing when you think about how they're going to pull it off. 
Yeah, and I mean, we've seen the outbreaks already with the numbers at LSU, at Clemson, at mm-hmm. Alabama. I don't remember who had the most or what. And, and you can get North this Carolina. thing again. You can get this thing again right now. I mean, that's science. You can get this thing once, and it's not like then you have immunity to it. You can get it again. The antibodies, some studies are saying, are back within a few weeks. Uh, so, or gone within a few weeks, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, that's you can get it again. And professional sports leagues have, you know, the leagues are so small in the context of, you know, the NFL, 32 teams, 53 man rosters in a normal year. You compare that number to the number of college football teams there are, the number of players on rosters. There's not an unlimited talent pool. There's a pretty big talent pool, uh, reserve talent pool that the NFL could draw from. I mean, look at the number of the guys that played in the XFL, yep. uh, guys that are undrafted free agents, practice squad guys, all those kind of guys that you could try to put together a, um, kind of a this COVID reserve, whatever you'd want to call it, roster collection pool of talent. That's not going to happen in college football. You've, you've got the guys on your roster, and those are the guys you have to go play with one way or the other. And obviously, coaches like never before are going to be figuring out ways to use every single guy on roster that can possibly be used. Um, I don't know, like we talked about on the last podcast, how you redshirt if you're committed to redshirts in this season. I don't know, but you got to figure it out, and you you better learn now because it doesn't matter when Alabama and Clemson and LSU, North Carolina are testing positive in June and July in huge numbers because you don't have to go out on the field and try to put a product out there and play a game. But the, the clock's ticking towards September, uh, and the clock's obviously ticking towards when fall camps would be. You know, we'd be right around opening fall camps right now in a normal year. You got to figure out how the contingency not just plan, but like you said, set of plans, emphasis on set. You have to have multiple A to Z contingency plans to figure out if there's going to be any kind of games played and how it's going to happen. And it it, it sounds like doomsday talk, but like Wes said, trust me, I want college football to happen just like everybody else does because so much economically and, you know, student athlete welfare wise relies on being able to play the game. And our personal livelihoods yeah. as well i mean i enjoy i enjoy being employed yeah it's nice i mean you got kids i mean i don't have kids i mean we just, we just have gus but i mean you know it's, it's a dog but i mean it, it turns, it, 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 yeah, it I turns mean, out when it's dinner time it's nice to have something to eat yeah or you know lights and, and air conditioning for for your children and stuff i mean I, I i get it but that that's why i almost start to think now this is the final thing i got grant is that i wonder if one of the contingencies here and you could file this away under the dumbest idea I've ever had, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't care. I don't, I think every idea needs to be discussed at this point with everything being a headache that it is now. Why not? Why don't you just have a season where you say, you know what? This entire season is going to have an asterisk on it anyway. So play when you can play. If you can't play, you can't play. No one is charged an eligibility year. Basically we're just going to go out there for entertainment this year. If somebody wants to like, after these regular season games are played, if somebody wants to calculate a national champion or give out a trophy, that's cool. Go ahead and do that. I mean, they used to have 10 different national champions back in the day when everybody voted for somebody different. I mean, whatever. But I wonder if that is, if you, if you take this mode and you say, you know what, let's just play when we can play. If we have our guys healthy, there won't be fans there, or there'll only be a few fans there. And, uh, no one will be counted against their eligibility this year. You can still count it toward three years out of high school for the draft, so you, you don't have to hurt anybody in that way. Um, you know, maybe you don't count officially the records or things that happened this year, and you just say, you know what, this is going to be something that 
we will be entertainment for this year and you can watch the games when they happen and you can have bragging rights if you want them. Um, but we can't count anything because we know there's going to be games canceled here and there. We know there's going to be headaches with travel. We know that there will be lots and lots of problems that come up where teams are can play, but half their team can't play. So just go out there and use it almost as the spring practice that you missed. I, I don't know. It's just a, just a thought. Yeah, I think you still have to have a, a carrot to dangle out there. I think from a conference perspective, a conference title game, if it's possible to be played or, or some way to determine a conference champion. Uh, and I think for the sport as a whole, uh, you have to have that college football playoff four team kind of carrot to dangle out there. So there's something kind of at the end of this tunnel to play for. But yes, I agree that in this insane time when everything's uncertain and, you know, nobody knows when this is going to end. I mean, it's the same thing with major league baseball. I love the, the DH in the national league and the, starting the extra innings with a runner on second, because it's a crazy 60 game season. That's a mess to start with. That's played yes. in front of cardboard cutouts and all this insanity. It's fine. Just, well, well played Chipper Jones, by the way, well played Chipper Jones. Yeah. And just, I mean, do, do whatever you have to do to try to have some semblance of a season because we're all starved for it. And I mean, obviously we don't want to put anybody in danger, but if, if, uh, if a season can be played, fingers crossed, it'll be played somewhere. Well, somewhere. yeah, cause you'll have a lot of nine and 10 game seasons or, or eight games or even less in some cases. So, you know, can you really count that toward the record? What if someone, you know, was on, was on pace to have like a school record in terms of rushing yards? You know, what if this hurts someone because that's a full season that they play and it's counted as that and they only have eight games? Well, you know what? That's going to hurt them when they try to count up, you know, was this the, the, the leading passer in program history? And, and you might laugh and say that doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it doesn't, but on some level it does, I think. And you're going to have a completely different kind of season. So why not, just don't charge anyone a year of eligibility for it. Go out there and play. And when you can, I don't know. That's just, it's just a thought. Maybe it's, maybe it's a dumb one, but I, I don't just know. Bring us, just bring us football some way, somehow. Yes, that way we get Please. a little bit of football. We know Saturday that at least there will be some games to either cover for us or for y'all to watch on TV. You know, it may not be the game that you wanted to see, but, you know, you'll get to watch something on the West Coast. You'll get to watch, you know, let, let's just – Really, let's just let's just keep uh, hoping and praying for for some sort of a uh, one of these you know one of these vaccines that are circling. Maybe one of them can can have some success and we can we can get going. But I don't know, man. It's a it's a it's a tough time. Yay, sports! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. You know, you, you try to go into these things and you say, you know what? How can we not uh, like? just ruin this for everybody? How can we, because I don't want to be pessimistic. Nobody likes a pessimistic Peter or pessimistic Polly, you know, but you, you like optimism. You like, uh, and we try to do that when we can, but I'm going to be real with you guys. It's these things ebb and flow in this situation. And today was kind of a frustrating one. I thought. I've kind of built my life on pessimism. So I'm kind of hitting my stride right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You're just hiding it. You're the happiest person in the world. You just hide it so well by dressing up as Eeyore every day. So. Listen, at, the, at first I did not hate staying home all the time, but now I'm even me, I'm tired of it. Let's go. Let's get out of <laughs> yeah, here. Let's, let's do that. And speaking of let's get out of here, let's go ahead and do that. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. See you. That'll about wrap us up there, guys. Thanks for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 
24-7 on Twitter. You can also find all of us if you just want uh, just Tennessee news, nothing else, no no personal stuff. You can go get that, even though most of us are keeping mostly professional. But if you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can go to twitter.com slash govals 24-7 and get that. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where Ramey does an excellent job spearheading our efforts there. Or if you want to get this uh, delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water just directly from the tap, just that cool, clear, beautiful mountain water. You can get that right now at GoVols247.com, where you can get right now 60% off of your first year with GoVols247 if you sign up for us right now. Uh, we got that promo going for a couple more days. So 60% off for your first year, that's a, that's a pretty darn good deal because I'm telling you, you look at this, without games, we are still pumping out a ton of, a ton of content, fresh content every day. Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball, even some baseball recruiting. Uh, another Rucker, by the way, committed to uh, Tennessee the other day. So uh, hashtag Team Rucker, uh, building a dynasty there. Uh, also, you can go get everything. If you pay us the full price, you can get full access, free access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's uh, streaming platform. Say that 10 times fast. CBS streaming platform. CBS TV streaming platform. You can get all of that. The movies, everything in the CBS catalog, uh, every show that's ever been done. Uh, different movies rotate in and out every month as well. You can get some exclusive stuff there, some exclusive series that are really good. Uh, you'll have live sports coming up on that soon too with CBS, uh, with uh, NFL football, SEC football clearly, college basketball, uh, the NCAA tournament, some World Series of Poker stuff, UEFA Champions League stuff uh, coming up with CBS getting that contract next year. Well done there, corporate overlords. Good job there. All of that, all of that is available to you for free, for free, commercial free, if you pay us the full price at GoVols 24-7. Or if you want to pay 60% off your first year GoVols 24-7, you can do that. And then you can pay 100% price the next year. And then when you do that, you get CBS All Access for free in perpetuity. So guys, please, please, please go do that. Also, please go rate and review this podcast. Nothing you do will help us more than rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast. I think that'll about wrap it up. Uh, I think we'll be here. Uh, if there's not breaking news before this, you'll hear from us by Thursday at least. So uh, we'll have something there, maybe a little more recruiting information in that one. Uh, clearly a COVID update because why not at this point? We need one every day. Uh, but I think uh, I'm tired of talking and that's about it. So we'll see y'all by Thursday. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.